welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard. Not the snowing thing. It is snowing outside my house right now in, in April. It's snowing outside my house, so I am currently actually watching a Blizzard while I'm talking about watching Blizzard, so I just want to make that clear. I'm Matt Rossi. I'm the host, and with me this week are two fantastic co-hosts. going to introduce him first because he's filling in for Alex. Uh, he's a Shadow Priest writer and does a lot of other stuff. Mitch, say hello, everyone, Mitch. What's up, guys? Hi. What have you, what have you been doing this week? Um, I don't, I don't really know. I've been just kind of, you know, doing stuff here and there, a little bit of 7.2 content, a little bit of IRL stuff. I don't know. Eating candy from Easter. Okay, he's been eating candy. We'll go with that. Mitch has been eating so much candy that he doesn't know what he's been doing for the past week. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that a candy? It's real good. Yeah, candy. Uh, okay. Also with us this week, hopefully she hasn't been eating that much candy. Um, she writes pretty much everything for the site. Ann Stickney, uh, Dan, same. You just talked about it on the pre-show. So what have you been doing this week? I'm still remodeling. <laughs> that's the extent of, I, my world is remodeling right now but um on top of that though i finally got flying in legion and i also got um a new legendary in legion i got a bunch of stuff in legion you know what though after getting flying man i missed flying i didn't realize how much i missed flying until i got it back again and yeah i really missed flying if nothing else it probably makes questing and stuff a lot easier so much easier and the thing is is it's account wide so now that I have it on my main character all of my other characters also have it which means life is so much easier for them now too it yeah it makes questing a lot easier all right um as is usually the case we talk about top stories here so we'll do that now um the first one I can think of is that Genji is coming to Heroes of the Storm so we should probably talk about that I don't play a lot of heroes, so I'm going to assume either Mitch or Anne want to be talking about this most, so I'll throw it over to you guys. Well, it's not just Genji. We're getting Genji as like a new hero, but we're also getting Hanamura as a map in Heroes of the Storm, which I think is pretty fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Mitch, I know you probably play more heroes than I do, considering my performance on our live stream. <laughs> <laughs> It it has admittedly been a little while since I've played, but I did get a chance to test Genji. I haven't tested Hanamura. Um, I know that Heroes 2.0 beta, though, any time you queue for a match right now, it's automatically Hanamura, so just so people can test it more. So people can um, see the map, okay. Yeah, but I did try out Genji in the, the like, try mode, and he's, I, I mean, he's pretty faithful. The one thing that slightly confused me is his, um, his, dragon ultimate like the same one that he has in overwatch where you know you bust out his sword and start chopping people um it it's kind of like once you think about it it makes sense like you know how in overwatch you have to press the button for him to swipe yeah um you have to do that in heroes of the storm too like his r and his i think q both become like a, a forward slash with like like a 180 arc but when he's in melee range he doesn't just auto attack with it which kind of threw me off for a second. Like so I, you actually I had to charged, push the button to activate you, it. You actually, yeah, you have to use the arc for his ultimate to actually do anything. I, I activated the ultimate and then like charged into melee range of the you know Arthas NPC or whatever, and I just like stood next to him with the big sword doing nothing. And I was kind of like, wait, what's going on? But otherwise, um, he seems pretty cool. I don't know how strong he will actually be. I know a couple people were saying he felt like kind of like a weaker tracer but i haven't played him enough to say one way or another if that's true um he does have this thing where he like hops 
or like flips in the air. Um, and he can do that over terrain and it's it's pretty cool. He also rides horses by like kneeling down on them, um, which is classic Genji. But I mean, he seems Wait, like by the kneeling other... down like he's horse surfing. Um, not not surfing because he's, he's like legitimately like bending a knee, but he doesn't have like either his legs over either side of the horse. OK, he's so like... he's not standing on the horse. He's like kneeling on the horse. But it's it, yeah, that's. Yeah odd but okay it's it's very odd um but otherwise it's like the other heroes um or overwatch heroes brought into heroes he seems pretty faithful um of an adaptation so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he plays out though i yeah a lot of the a lot of the feedback that i heard initially and alex kind of echoed this too was that he felt like a weaker tracer And, and like if you had a choice between playing him or tracer you would go for tracer because why not but I don't know. I Alex and I talked about this a little bit on the behind the scenes show that we did for uh, Patreon the other day. And one of the things that we were talking about was that once again, we've got another assassin hero being introduced instead of mm-hmm. a support specialist. Or, or yeah. Support. Or a tank or something like, you know, one of the, ta- I, I don't, what do they call tanks in heroes? Is it a tank? warrior? Well, warrior. they, they call them warriors, but they sort of started, I think recently they kind of reclassified them into like, bruisers and i forget if it was just if the other one was just playing tanks or what but they have yeah. like kind of sub classifications for warriors now yeah but it's basically varian because you have varian who kind of does both he's kind of he, a tank yeah kind of an assassin yeah he can do both and we were talking about that too i was like when was the last time they introduced one of those and he said well varian can do both i said yeah but varian could do both when's the last time they introduced one of those that was just that and he said probably zarya because that was before oh then. yeah and and Zarya is still kind of a weird. She's case. more CC she's... oriented than she is really like tanky tanky. Yeah, CC and like not not support so much, but like if you're not shielding your allies, you're not playing her right. Which you know, warriors aren't usually about shielding allies. It's more about just taking the damage with their own shield. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's been a little while since they've kind of introduced a, a Muradin or like even a Tyrael or Diablo type. I'm going to ask you, Mitch, because I asked Alex this again on the behind the scenes show. And since you play heroes more than we do, I, I want to hear your perspective on this too. If you could have added any Overwatch hero to the game at this point, which one would you have picked? Instead of Genji? Yeah. Ooh. Or do you um, think Genji was the best choice? Hang on. Let me pull up the roster of Overwatch so I'm not forgetting anything. Um, My mind immediately went to Reinhardt. Reinhardt would have been a really good option, I think, for tanks because he he does have that that tank. Like he is, you know, even in Overwatch, they were trying to make um, Orissa. Is that Orissa? Yeah, Orissa like him in the sense that he is like a I forget turret tank or whatever. Where you know where he kind of stands in one position and he grounds the team. Yeah. Hang on, let me see here. He's sort of like um a giant hulking metal shield thing for everybody to kind of stand behind i don't know that's always been reinhardt to me yeah i, I mean he has the, the the shield the clear shield in front of him but even just him himself he's like the embodiment of a human shield i can't believe no one is saying sombra here sombra I, would be fun sombra <laughs> would be cool she could, but she sort of has that sylvanas appeal of disabling things like sylvanas's um blackened arrow or whatever it's called temporarily disables 
turrets and yeah but uh, here's the thing you could you don't have to make her a one-to-one match to overwatch you could have her hacking be more direct yeah yeah actually i mean you know totally imagine if she had a imagine if she had a five second charm she uses her ability and for five seconds you you know you turn and attack your own party your own people that'd be kind of cool or if you just stand there and do nothing yeah i think there's ways to work it you know if not Genji, though, I think I would have gone... Reinhardt's a, a really good one, just because he is so tanky. Um, Roadhog doesn't quite... I mean, he works, but Stitches kind of has the hook thing down. I think Diva would have been an interesting one. Diva um, was what Alex had said. Mostly because it would be a canonical StarCraft player from the Overwatch unit uh, universe in a Blizzard game with StarCraft maps, and then you kind of get this this crazy level of meta within meta sort of thing going on. Alex just wanted to hear the conversation that would happen if she were in a game with Kerrigan. Yeah. I, (laughs) I, I think Diva would have been, I I think Reinhardt and Diva would have been great tank choices. And I think Diva would have been the far more entertaining one. Yeah. Um, Reinhardt, the main reason I went Reinhardt is because I enjoy playing Reinhardt. And I like the hammer thing. I like the hammer mechanic. There's something really fun about swinging a giant, like this oh, gigantic yes, hammer around. Yes, so it's one of those things where I was like, I bet that would translate to heroes really well. Just because. Yeah, like some of, the, some of the heroes in Overwatch, like they have fairly similar mechanics to other ones. Yeah. Like for a long time, people are like, oh, they're going to bring mercy to heroes and then resurrection can be her ultimate, which is what they did with Oriole. Um, Roadhog has the hook. Widowmaker and Nova are so similar that they gave Nova a Widowmaker skin. So it's, I I think they would have to do what Rossi said and kind of go off the map for some heroes if they wanted to make them work and still be unique, which they could either do that or they could start with the heroes that don't have as much overlap, which I don't think Reinhardt necessarily has and I don't think D.Va really has either. No. Speaking of Oriole, though, uh, there was a new skin that was also oh, yeah. introduced for um, in this particular release update where they were talking about Hanamura and her wings are like cherry blossoms. They're really pretty. It's yeah, they have it's called it's like the Sakura skin and it has um, there's like spring Sakura, uh, just plain Sakura. And then there's one other Sakura skin, but it, it looks really cool. And then the other one that I really liked was the Zarya skin. Because the Zarya skin is almost kind of a mimic of the skin that Genji had, like the new skin that the, Genji has in the yeah, Uprising yeah. thing with the I, red and black. I, I agree with Alex. Um, Heroes of the Storm continues to have better skins for Overwatch heroes, or at least for Zarya, than Overwatch has for Zarya. Like the Zarya skins in Over or in Heroes are really, really cool. So do you think that they're going to be making any shifts or anything to Genji before he goes live? Or are they just going to keep him as is? Um, I think they'll probably keep him as... I mean, they might buff some of his auto attack damage. I don't think they're going to make too many changes because I don't know how many people are playing like right. the beta right now. Um, usually what happens in this case is they kind of stick with most of unless it's like a really noticeable thing like i think uh probius ended up being in like the ptr for a little longer than most heroes are yeah but unless it's something like that they usually end up keeping the ptr build with a few minor changes here and there and then after it's live it's like a week or two later is when they make any major changes so i think he'll kind of 
I think that he'll he'll go live the way he is right now, more or less. Okay. And then um, I we guess we should probably talk a... about patch seven point two point five. I think. Well, right, but I had like one more question for the both of you because you're both familiar with Overwatch. If there were any other Overwatch like maps that they would bring into Heroes of the Storm, which one would you pick? Oh, oh, Lord. Um, ah, oh. the one that they the city that's the the desert city with the, all the high the streets are way high. Bloody heck, I can't remember the name of it. The one that they just introduced with the cars? Uh, it's, yes, that one, because it's really gorgeous. Ooh, that would be a good one. I can't um, remember the name. Someone say its name, please. God, what is the name of this map? <laughs> My mind is blanking right now, oh, but I know which is one it, Is it Nepal? No. Or Oasis? Oasis. No. It's the one that they just came Oasis. out with with all of the cars. Is that Oasis? I think it's Oasis. I have to look this up Yeah, now. it's Oasis. Okay. All right. Anyway, yeah, the one with the cars. That would actually be really entertaining. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so for aesthetic appeal, I actually really liked the winter version of um, uh, King's Row. Yeah. But I think Ilios could be really cool with the Death Pit. Ilios and the Death Pit. I almost kind of want to see Volskaya just because I want to see if they could do like that 3D multi-level map kind of thing for Heroes of the Storm with the different lifts and things like that that move you around. I'm just interested in seeing how that would translate to a Heroes of the Storm map. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think Alex was saying on Twitter, like with the Hanamura map, you can kind of see how the Overwatch aesthetic is a lot different from other Blizzard games because it does look different. Oh, absolutely. Um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I am interested to see what they do with future Overwatch maps because uh-huh. oh, it's just, yeah. I do There's like too much the Blizzard idea of Oasis being a map, though, particularly if the cars work in the same way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just just get too close to the edge of the map and, you know, you get hit by a car or, like, that's where the bosses are is across the road, so you have to, like, frogger your way to a boss. <laughs> Frogger is real and lives on in Heroes of the Storm. Okay, sorry, Rossi. I didn't mean to, like, preempt you there. I just wanted to know what you no, guys thought about that. That's fair. I do think that we should talk, though, because they dropped a bunch of patch notes for 7.2.5, including a lot of class changes. Um, there's certain changes that are, like, across classes. Like, basically, there's a series of tank cooldowns that have gotten effectively nerfed, so they only uh, get um, they only stack up three times. And uh, there's also smart heal changes that, you know, they, they will now favor players over, you know, your pets or what have you. So you won't die while your uh, your your pet's being healed to full by a smart heal. That, that's that's <laughs> been adjusted. And, uh, I mean, there's Death Knights, Demon Hunters. Uh, I think rogues have the most extensive changes. Like, the rogue changes are enormous if you look at this. Just, uh, the just rogue outlaw. Changes, yeah, the rogue changes are enormous if you're playing either outlaw or subtlety. If you're playing assassination, yeah. it's pretty much, yawn, same old, same old. So, yeah, well, yeah. you know, if it ain't broken, uh, you know, the shaman changes aren't that big. Warlock's got a decent amount of changes. A warrior's got Especially, like one little change. Destruction warlocks. Are destruction the, the warlocks ones. are getting a pretty yeah. substantial overhaul. Yeah. Priests get one change, uh, power word barrier. So you know, hey, if you're a priest, don't don't worry, not much happens. Paladins don't get much. Uh, monks get a fair amount, especially to brewmaster. Uh, brewmaster gets a pretty heavy revamp. Um, not sure why they're uh, 
why they're revamping Brewmaster the way they are, but it seems like they're trying to make them more more appealing as tanks. It definitely you get that sense. Okay, um, but can we talk for a minute about the fact that they're introducing time walking to the Black Temple? Nah, yeah, we can talk about it. it. I'm because not, this isn't I'm a not dungeon. Sure this this is not a time walking dungeon. This is a time walking raid. And it's so this this is what I I pointed out somewhere was that it's notice notable because it scales between ten and thirty people. Yes. LFR, I I mean I think technically it scales down, but LFR it scales up to thirty, but usually it will wait until you have like twenty twenty five ish before it actually lets you queue. Right. So I don't know if this is just going to be a more lenient LFR type situation or if it's intended to be like a holiday time walking for like coordinated groups. It's just I really want to know more about the intended audience for this and if it's going to be a one time, not one time, but like rotating thing like time walking is right now. If It's an anniversary thing, which I seems unlikely, but it could be anniversary esque. I, I don't know. I'm I am really curious about it, though. The way it's written makes me feel like it's not going to be an LFR style thing. It does. It it's set going to be up. one of the time walking rotation events. Yeah, but it doesn't. It feels like it's going to be you and some friends get. It's not like right now you can do. You can just randomly queue for time walking. You just don't. You don't have to have anybody else with you. You don't have to have a group. The way it's phrased in that thing in the uh, PTR notes makes me feel like you need a group, but they don't say that. They do not actually say this is you know. So we'll see. I mean, I haven't got a chance to. I mean, it's not even on the PTR yet, is it? It, it is, I think. Yeah, okay. to queue for it on the PTR, you have to speak to Vormu and Shatrath. Yeah, we are. Yeah, at some point ought to try that, or at least some of us should. I, I haven't got a chance to, but you know, in terms of it, I mean, what's interesting about it to me is that what it implies, because we, it's very similar to the Molten Core thing. You remember, guys, remember the Molten Core event? Um, oh yes. Back in, so it's similar to that. Uh, if if they don't. I hope they they do more in terms of like the the Molten Core event, the anniversary event didn't have any gear drops. Stuff didn't drop. Like you basically just got you you, know, you got uh, the one drop I think for completing it. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah. I'm hoping that they actually have scaling gear here. Um I, yeah. I would like to see that. The thing about that is that if they do that, they're also putting in the the new uh the this, the Tomb of Sargeras gear that is basically the recolored, redesigned versions of Tier 6, which dropped in Black Temple. So are we going to get the original versions just scaled up? I mean, there's a lot I would like to know about this. Um, are the Warglaves going to drop off Illidan? Is I it weird for Demon Hunters to kill Illidan? or a cosmetic <laughs> version of the Warglaves were data mined, but I don't, I don't recall yeah, there, there was... the exact details around that. It was just... Oh, we found this file. Now this is interesting, yeah, but we didn't have any it's details. It's a cosmetic about it. version of them, but I don't know if it's limited to demon hunters or what exactly. I mean, I nice. have I have the OG warglaves, so you know. Yeah, I have I have them on like I have them on one of my warriors. One of my demon hunters has one. One of my death knights has one. Uh, I think I've got a paladin who's got one in the bank because you know he can't use it, but he's got it. Yeah, um, my rogue so, yeah. has one of them. My rogue's got both of them, but. Like, I don't, I don't think we're going to see them drop in a time walking version, but maybe we'll see some kind of, well, you know, like there was, was it a Ragnaros costume? What was it? There was, there was a specific, was the helmet. There's, the helmet. So, uh, Molten Core dropped an enchant, a pet, and then the helmet. I think it was the enchant that everybody was after. 
Yeah, because the enchant and the pet were not guaranteed. Um, right. Whereas the helmet, I think you got for your first run. Yeah, you. Uh, yeah, it was like hate spark the tiny, which is still on auction houses now. But like the enchant, I forget what it actually was, but it went for a lot, and those runs took a long time to actually complete, and it was it was hard to get. Well, it was molten core. Yeah, molten core this, was a lengthy. lengthy this could be raid. like. What gets me about this too is not just that they're doing it, but what it means for the future. Like we could yes. end up seeing, you know, what, what's next? Are we going to see an old war one at some point? I mean, old war would be so good. So would next Ramus for that matter. We, we've got we've got Karazhan as a five man. The return to Karazhan as a five man. Are we going to see a Karazhan time walking? I okay, mean, you know, you know what I would like to see, and this is me wishful thinking here. <laughs> time walking next Ramus with the original models for the armor. Oh, please, yes. Yeah. For that matter, time walking next Ramus with the original models for the NPCs. And what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. is like the original original like vanilla models. Tier 3. You want tier yeah, 3. Yeah, tier 3. The the ridiculous looking Death Knight NPCs that don't look anything like Death Knights now. Yeah. No, cuz they they were wearing I remember this when we went into Nax back in the day. They were wearing the Horde PVP gear. Yes, they were. Yeah. They <laughs> it was weird. Because, I mean, I guess Horde equals evil. I don't know. That's what the Horde PvP gear was for there. But I, I always, like, when, when they, uh, if they do Naxxramas time walking like you just suggested, they need to do the thing that, that they did. They undid. They need to put the mob balance back up so that it, there's a ton of mobs in there. Because they, they turned it into a strip mall. Like, it feels like an empty strip <laughs> mall now. You go into Nax now, it and there's these enormous... It was very bizarre going into it. Yeah in wrath because yeah it was it it felt kind of almost echoingly empty it seriously felt like one of those malls that you go to that experience because i didn't really do it in vanilla oh i we were i was i spent so much time in nax in vanilla that i felt like my nickname was you know you know off tank the 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 scorpion or whatever no off tank the the spider (laughs) ads like seriously i i was in there so much and it just you there's like there's one that really strikes is when you're on your way to max to maxina and there's that big empty round room with one group right in the middle and one patrol that had like four poles in it back then that that room was full like you had to be very tactical about the poles and now it's just like just deserted it seriously does feel to me like a jc pennies that just closed um i just i remember i didn't actually do next ramus back in vanilla that was after my raid group fell apart and everything i did go in there on my priest because i unlocked how to get in there I had the rep to get in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went in there on my priest and I kind of mind visioned around to take a look at the place. I and it love was cr- mind vision hopping. It was crawling with trash, like just crawling with trash. So when we went and did it in Wrath of the Lich King and I finally got to like actually walk into it, my first thought was this, it, I don't, Rossi, your strip mall comparison, that's, that's really apt. It's sort of like, it's like one of those old, malls that you go to where like almost everything has shut down and there's like all of these empty spaces but nobody will rent them out because the mall is in the middle of nowhere and also they want too much money for the rent oh my god it's like i'm driving around town so it's like an abandoned building or something with like a few outlets here and there the kind of place that still has like it has like a flea market that happens every weekend yeah and that's why people go there anymore yeah Yeah. that's how it felt it's really weird too because if you look at the other like 40 man raids that came out in vanilla like you go into blackwing lair that's the kind of trash mob density that we're talking about yeah 
Yeah. Like with Blackwing I... Lair has like, you know, there's one room after you kill Veilstraws where there's just two huge trash packs for no reason. Speaking of which, I, I miss the the actual giants from Molten Core, the ones that were giant and the giant core hounds. They scaled them down at some point, I think when Firelands came out and it made me sad. They don't seem that small to me, but okay. They're they they're way a bit. smaller than they used to be. Yeah, they used to be it was like I used to be toe sized on them and now I'm like up to their ankle. It yeah, was I'm kind there. of a subtle change, but there was a change that was made. It, yeah, it, it's just, I, I think that that would be like a good one to do because tier three, the only way you can get tier three appearances now is the black market auction house. Well, wouldn't it be cool <laughs> to roll that into a time walking event where you could go get it there? I don't know. I spent a lot of gold on that. I think I deserve it. <laughs> I, I had, I had warrior tier three and I got rid of it. Oh, oh. And then I've server hopped like five times, uh, so there's no way to restore it. There's no at record all. of it. No. Yeah. So yeah, every so often I I look at my character and think, you know, I would have the complete original tier three because the original tier three was actually a lot better looking. And they made it yeah. for uh, it was they lovely. did tier three for uh, for Nax in Wrath. It it, it went. Oh, uh, the, the priest coloration was horrible. If you ask me, the rogue ones weren't too different. They were slightly different, but the priest ones were just. One of them was like a, a brown and goldish color. I don't, I don't know. It, it was, was not a the- really is- strange color choice. There's also something we should mention here because it's, it's very vague in the notes, but I feel like people would want to hear this. All new story scenario. We this don't know what it is. This is a work in progress. Yeah. We'll have more details soon. The bronze dragonflake already went to the future and knows all about it, so we should ask them. Like, I've, I don't know if that's a joke or if the bronze dragonflake is actually going to the future in this, but... in t- I, I'm like, what? What is the story scenario? Is, what are you doing? What? What? Is what is it? What is it? the same one as Chromies? Is, like, is this the Chromie scenario? We don't know. Because that's all okay. it says. Because there, there is a Chromie scenario where I think Wowhead does have some of the dialogue up. I don't want to spoil okay. it here. Yeah, don't spoil any of it. But if that's part of a scenario, then yeah, that's probably the story scenario that they're talking about. Yeah, and it, it, sounds, it sounds appropriately Chromie. And I cannot wait. And it's also... The, oh, there is another story scenario, though, called, like, Azeroth's Warning, where I'm pretty sure you Ooh. see... You meet Bran in Sholazar, <gasps> and it sounds like there's some sort of old god stuff going on, and... Oh, my God! Titan things going down. I can't wait. And I think, you know, some people are like, well, why would we get Azeroth's Warning, you know, in, in patch 7.2.5? Whereas I'm kind of like... If they're setting up the next expansion already, like I think that's kind of cool to leave just subtle, you know, not or not so subtle, like more build up than just okay, you're done with the expansion. Here's a lead in patch. Like if we get a warning, then we still head off to Argus, and then we come back, and you know, stuff's gone down. I think that's a cool way to. But this well, is all. They've just, been kind you know, of hinting theories. at this whole old god stuff like all along. I mean, look at the Shadow Breeze weapon. Yeah, it pretty much. Yeah just chats you up the entire expansion about all of the stuff that's happening and then on top of that you know you go to the emerald nightmare a lot of that is old god related you listen to what ilganoth says a lot of that is old god like they've been they've been heavily implying all along and i will be very surprised if our next next expansion isn't old god related i'll be really surprised if it's not i can't wait to see what's actually in the azeroth's warning scenario because (sighs) just uh Oh, sounds God. really good. Rossi, what guns. do you think about all this story stuff? 
Um, I'm going to say that I'm not necessarily as charged up as Mitch is for the old gods, but that's because I don't love the old gods the way Mitch does. It's very special love that <laughs> I <laughs> love them and all of the tentacles they provide me. Yeah, that that isn't. I'm a, I'm more interested in like what you know what what are we if we're setting up an expansion now. And that means that that means to me that they have the expansion much more in hand than in previous years. And that's good. I don't yeah. want them, whatever they put out in 7.3, I don't want that to be here for a year. If they're putting out something in 7.3, if it's a raid and it's a raid tier, you know, it's got stuff like that. And then we have that until, tw- you know, middle of 2018 or later, that would be bad. That would be very, very, very bad. I, I feel like we could handle. If 7.3 came out, say, in August, I feel like we could handle, you know, not getting the next expansion until early 2018, but I don't think we could handle we could handle not getting it until late 2018. Basically, oh, if you're going to so. release 7.3 in August, don't release the next expansion in August of the following year, because that's or another one-year break. Yeah. yeah. Everyone gets so, real so tired of that. So, but unless, of course, th- that assumes there's not going to be a 7.3.5. If there and was there then a 7.3.5, be. yeah. That, that's the thing. We're in uncharted waters with this expansion. They're kind of doing. It feels a little bit like they're going back to Mists of Pandaria in terms of content releases, like in terms of having content releases staggered. Um, I'm not necessarily as thrilled with some of the extreme gating that's going on, but I do feel like they're actually aware that they need to release content on on the regular. Like they need to have. Okay, we're already working on seven two five, and it's going to have story content in it. It's not going to have a new raid or anything because we just released one. But it's going to have story content. It's going to have more stuff. I'm kind and then of excited out, here. So. Yeah, I'm kind of excited here. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I'm excited by the seven point two point five. I was expecting it to just be like class changes and stuff like that. And then they bring in, oh yeah, by the way, we're doing Black Temple time walking. Oh, and by the way, there's a story scenario. Oh, and by the way, there's like at least three new mini holiday events dance that we're putting studio. out there. Auction house dance studio. What is that? I don't know, but. We're finally getting we're finally, a dance studio, guys. We're finally living up to the box art from Wrath of the Lich King. <laughs> well, we you still don't have mounted combat. You can still... Oh, wait, no, they put in quests with it. Well, sure. You, you had mounted combat in, in Warlords, technically. You if you've mounted... got the right mount. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like flying mounted combat, yeah. Okay, well, you know, if you want Joust so bad, you know, they'll, they'll come up. <laughs> well, you know, we got Joust and Cataclysm in that one area. But But what really gets me about this... The, the thing about it that that is interesting to me is the idea that they might have like a real staggered release schedule set up already and that they might we might see like every six months or so something else comes out. I feel like every six months is a good target. And yeah. so far yeah. we've been kind of hitting it. I mean, maybe not exactly, but, you know, it just it, feels it also depends too. like uh, uh, Scott was saying, um, it looks like we're not going to have the actual 7.2 raid until summer which means if 7.3 has a raid it probably won't be until 2018 um yeah imagine that which which is good and bad i like you said the the extreme staggering of content i haven't liked as much and it's i mean it sounds like they're aware of it like one of the devs was asking like on a patch day i expect this much content to be available but um yeah, it, it it still is real. I mean, they're on top of it. Like Watcher said at BlizzCon, something on the PTR pretty much all the time. And uh, now I'm really curious if that also will include the beta as soon as we get like a 735. Like, does that mean as well, soon as 735 hits, beta is going to launch like a week or two later? 
It really depends on if we if 735 is the end of this expansion. We don't even yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if there's going to be a 735. Yeah. yeah. But in, in, like, whatever the last patch is, does it mean we're going to get the last patch and then a beta right after? Or are we going to hit more snags? I don't know. Huh? It just, it feels, it feels right now, I'm kind of optimistic about it because it feels like their pacing is more on yeah. track. It's not rushed. They aren't, they definitely aren't rushing anything, but they aren't. They also aren't, I don't think that there's like too much of a gap between content releases either. It's maybe it's a little bit bigger than it needs to be. You know, maybe there are some people that are kind of getting bored while they're waiting for the next patch to come out, but it's not, it's not a year long wait. It's not even like a six month wait or anything like that. You know, there's like the little patch and then the big patch and the little patch and the, and it's, it's a steady stream of content and I'm appreciating that so far. Okay. Yes. Um, at this point, I mean, there's you two do other that? there's two other things that we should mention here. Um, okay, then go for it. Yeah, one of them is that there was a new short story that was just released, and by just released, I mean like five minutes before we went live. Otherwise, I would have a post up on the site about it already. Um, there's a new short story. It's called Dark Mirror. It's by Steve Denuser, and I'm hoping that I pronounced his last name correctly because I've never tried to pronounce it before. But um, it involves Sylvanas and Nathanos and you should go read it. I've only read the first page of it so far, but I'm intrigued and I want to finish it immediately after we're done with the show. <laughs> and then the other thing is uh, a new book was re- a new book re- release was announced. Uh, Robert Brooks is doing the art of Hearthstone. And from what I can tell, it's basically it's an art book, but it's an art book that has like it showcases all of the gorgeous art that's come out for Hearthstone over the past several years that it's been out and i every time they release a new adventure pack it always comes out with these amazing illustrations on top of all of the stuff that's already in the card art so i'm like a real big fan of the art surrounding that game anyway to begin with but on top of that it also tells the story of how hearthstone came to be from this like you know small team project where they were just kind of experimenting with it to what it is today um and that's actually really interesting. If you're a Hearthstone fan and you enjoy our show, you can consider checking out The Art of Hearthstone and even like pre-ordering that by going to blizzardwatch.com slash artofhearthstone. The hardcover art book, it's currently available for pre-order and it's expected to release on October 15th. That's not a guaranteed date. That's the one that Amazon <laughs> is putting out there. But theoretically, that's when we should see that out. Okay. Um, um, anything else? One more bit of news that like i guess was just posted or at least a half hour ago mm-hmm. um it, it's i mean newish but starcraft patch 1.18 like original starcraft that makes the first game and brood war free mm-hmm. and more optimized for windows 10 just came out so if you're interested in that um i think there, there's a you have to like run it as admin the very first time you launch it and do a couple other things but if anyone was interested in that that just happened today so yay Alrighty. Uh, okay, we're going to move on to emails. Um, as is always the case, if you have an email for the show, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and put Blizzard Watch or podcast in the uh, subject line so we know it's for this show and not the other show. Um, at this point, um, Anne, you usually read them, so I'm going to throw it over to you. Okay, our first email is from Crazy Hunt the Troll Hunter who says, Akamagosh, watchers, which I haven't heard in a while. I appreciate that. <laughs> Crazy Hunt the Troll Hunter here. Recently I was on Reddit and came across this thread re- 
regarding possible racial campaigns. As a troll, I was thinking that since the majority of troll factions have gotten wrecked by both the Alliance and the Horde, e.g. Zolfarak, Zolgarub, Zolaman, etc., along with Vol'jin getting killed, now would be a good time as any for some troll stories digging in to Wowpedia led me to King Rastakhan and the Zandalari. Do you think they'd be a good fit for the Horde? Thanks for all the awesome work, and I can't wait to watch y'all level the Horde way. I feel like I should point out that King Rastakhan and the Zandalari, I mean, they were the villains in the Throne of Thunder. They aren't really keen on working with anybody, I don't yeah, think. The, most trolls, the reason that the, the Darkspear were willing to work with the Horde is they were utterly and completely desperate. In a way that no other trolls on the planet were at that time. Now, you could argue that now Rastakhan's pretty desperate because, you know, his kingdom got sunk. But for all we know, the dude is dead. We have no idea what's going on with the Zandalar right now. So keep that in mind, too. Uh, But also, they're also a lot more racist. Like, trolls think of other races as things you might eat. Maybe. Like, you know. And or conquer. Yeah, conquer, but then maybe you'll eat them. Because you, they're not if worth cannibalism. Be yeah. wrong. Then they're not even worth considering enemies. One of the reasons they hate elves so badly is that the elves have the temerity to beat them. The elves kick their butt, and that's <laughs> that. That was like you know they're still mad about that. Insult. Yeah, it was an <laughs> insult. And the worst part was that the the whole rumor that they used to be trolls, the whole dark troll thing. The dark <laughs> trolls were the one troll tribe that weren't crazy racist. Like it, it needs to be said. Like the, the most trolls make the Grim Totem look welcoming. Like they, they're they're not Rastakhan barely. When the Zandalari worked with us, it was entirely because of how much they hated Hakar, and not because they thought we were cool. They thought we were disposable pawns that would go in and get murdered by Hakar, so they wouldn't have to. That's the Zandalari. They're not these. These are not guys who are nice or friendly in any way. Uh, they don't like the Horde because oh my God, the Horde. Can you imagine how they view the Darkspear? They it's don't... thanks to Vol'jin that they got beat the last time. Yeah, they don't care for the Darkspear. So, I mean, when Zul, the prophet, when Zul originally approached all of the, you know, the the shattered troll tribes that were kind of scattered all over Azeroth and said, hi, we need to unite and we need to make ourselves great again. And this was, uh, it was like the precursor to the Zul'Garub and the Zul'Aman relaunch for both of those. Um there was a cinematic that came out where it wasn't, I don't know if it was Zul or if it was like somebody who was speaking on behalf of Zul came to all of the trolls, including Vol'jin and said, look, we're going to die out unless we unite and do something about it. And everybody was okay with that idea, except for Vol'jin and Vol'jin promptly turned around and brought in the Horde, and also brought in the Alliance, which was also kind of unheard of, and he did this under Garrosh's nose. Like, Garrosh didn't know about this. Um, He brought in the Alliance and the Horde to go handle the situation in Zulaman and in Zulgarub, and make sure that nothing actually happened there. So, the Zandalari are not happy with the Horde. They are not happy with the Alliance. Both of these people kind of ruined their efforts back in the day when those two dungeons were kind of relaunched. Um, This isn't to say that you couldn't have an interesting campaign dealing with them. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be dealing with them as in wiping them out. But there's not... I don't think that the Zandalari would ever come in and replace the Dark Spears as as troll figures. And I certainly don't think Rastakhan would become the head of the trolls in the Horde. That's not... he. That to him would be a huge demotion. 
That would be like, you know, going from he considers himself like the rightful king of all trolls everywhere to dealing with a bunch of motley nothings. Like, you know, who are these like orcs? Blood elves? You want me to deal with elves as equals? <laughs> yeah, that's no, not going to go over so well. Um, but, but then again, that's sort of what Garrosh did, and they made a story out of it. So if Blizzard wanted intrafaction animosity. Do we want the exact same story again, though? No, I, I'm not. I'm not saying we do. If we're going to see I'm any saying... kind of like interfactional conflict again, I would like to see it on the alliance side. Yes, please. I would like to I see the alliance emo get more I want emo Anduin to go shadow already. Come on, man. I would like Maiev to come back and be a force to be reckoned with. I want night elf paladins. Yeah. All of these I things would, play would be one good. Of those. As far as King Rastakhan goes, though, the only time that we've ever actually seen King Rastakhan was in that whole flashback thing. If you go to um, the Lorewalkers area and you've collected all of the bits and pieces for it, uh, Lorewalker Cho, he will tell you a story about Rastakhan and Zul and the whole downfall of the Zandalari, that kind of like the island being, you know, sinking and all of this other stuff. And you get this brief glimpse of Rastakhan and what Rastakhan looks like. And it's left very open-ended at the end there where it's like, okay, well, the kingdom of Zandalar, it's it's sinking into the sea. Has it has it been devoured? Is King Rastakhan gone? We don't know. Um, yeah, are they, are they like currently is, under a bubble? We don't know. Well, what we do know, we know that the Zandalar that we saw in Missa Pandaria were kind of desperate. They were on... This was their last chance. Um, to try and reestablish themselves. And that's what they've been desperately trying to do is just reestablish themselves as this powerhouse so they don't die out. In a way, their story kind of mirrors the Forsaken a little bit because they're after the same thing. They're finding a way to like perpetuate themselves so they don't die out and just disappear. Um, for the Forsaken, I don't think that the stakes are quite as desperate. I mean, they are. Yes, to a degree. But for the Zandalari, this is the empire that once lorded over all of Azeroth. It wasn't just one section of Azeroth. It was the entire planet. They were a force to be reckoned with. And all of that fell to pieces. And they've been trying to reestablish that glory ever since for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Wasn't the the deal with Throne of Thunder, like the, the troll bosses i forget what their name was but like it was essentially the leaders of all of the remaining troll factions like the sand trolls yeah the zandalar Troll. yeah we just it's like here's all of the leaders of the trolls let's kill them well right now the thing is i don't think they're too happy the biggest problem with the zandalari is with with the forsaken they need a way to reproduce the zandalari need a place to live like that's yeah they don't have any place anymore that's why they made an alliance with the Mogu again. That's why they came to Pandaria. They're like, we need a place to live. Pandaria has land. We need we need a place to put our people. Um, it's effectively like it's sort of an Atlantis story. Like if you if you sink Atlantis, if there's going to be any Atlanteans left, they got to live somewhere else. That's where Zandalar is. We don't again. We don't know if Zandalar is already at the bottom of the ocean. We we don't know if it's slowly subsiding. If it's quickly subsiding, we really have no idea. So, but. <laughs> I don't think they'd ever join the Horde. That's what I'm going to say here. No, I do I think it's think an so. interesting story, though, and I want to see it. Yeah, I do. 
Okay, so our next email has two questions in it, so we're just going to answer both of these, and I think we're going to answer them one at a time. First question says, Hey, watchers, two quick questions. One, ever since we've arrived on the Broken Isles, a number of strange things keep happening to my characters in various zones, and I have no idea what's causing them. Multiple characters see this, so it's not my gear. There's a cyclone that spreads flowers on the ground, a giant force bubble that appears around me, and a giant spinning sword that suddenly appears, even for mobs that didn't have them before. Since my natural inclination is to move out of things whenever they appear on the ground, I spend a good chunk of my time running away from things which may or may not actually be harming me. What exactly is causing these things to appear, and are they good or bad? I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure these are the buffs that you get from the various uh, Legionfall buildings. Yes. um, Which are are good things. They're They're not trying to kill you. The spinning sword took me aback when I first saw it, but it doesn't actually harm me. It does damage to the other guys. So I'm not sure what that is. I think it's a buff from one of the buildings. I don't know which building it is because we've had all of the buildings in fairly quick succession over the last couple of days. Yeah, um, plus plus the buffs you get. Like, I have one right now that says, gain helpful assistance from the armies of Legion Fall. Well, right. okay. There's And then there's random things you can, like, pick herbs, gather altar buffs all this kind of stuff around the broken shore that provides you with random things there are various um, buffs that you can pick up all over the place pretty much yeah it's, it's kind of so like much, the timeless isle in that sense because the there's so much junk thing. happening that i can't keep track i'll be <laughs> ultimately i'm just an old man i just go whatever i'm not dying sure it's great yeah <laughs> sometimes sometimes thorum shows up and hits people for me i don't know I don't know what's going on. I get the random, like the random wardens will show up, or the random. Yeah. I like the demon hunters because they swoop in and then they leave. Right. The wardens will <laughs> stick around, which is kind of irritating when you're a rogue and you're trying to stealth your way out of a situation. <laughs> and there's just this warden oh, God, who's tagging I, along yeah, behind you. Yeah. yeah the warden. Classes. Warden yeah. does not stealth. Kind of wish that they did, or if they just, you know, made an exit after they helped me out, because. One of these things is helpful. One of them is not. Um, Okay, so the second question here says, Second question. My creeping tentacle is always whispering things to me, including this one that I just saw. Toast is your enemy. Does Yogg-Saron really feel that I am frightened by bread? I don't recall ever fighting toast or any other baked good in the game. What exactly is he up to? Mitch, do you know anything about this? I don't know. I saw the word baked in that and i'm thinking maybe that's where you know some of this is coming from because i have no idea what this person's talking about well what i'm wondering is the creeping tentacle isn't the creeping tentacle like what is that isn't that the the creeping tentacle is it oh is it a trinket i don't know or no that is a pet it's a pet it's a pet right yeah um unless toast was like an npc nearby and the tentacle decided to target i don't know toast is great though well that's what toast. i'm thinking is that what i'm thinking is that there was an an npc or a player character standing nearby yeah. with that name and the tentacle was just trying to turn you on your buddy or see i somebody. i picked this one i picked this one hoping one of you would have an answer to it so I got nothing. I, that's that's the best I can come with. Well, the pet will whisper that, to you. Like yeah. the pet, the pet will whisper to you, and it whispers a bunch of little tiny things, like Yogg-Saron's voice lines. I think it is. I it, it's like you'll be alone in the end. Hope is an illusion. Oh, I don't actually have that pet. That's okay. It's, oh, it's from Yogg. Okay. It drops from Yogg. 
Okay, and I'm it looking. Was put in the game after I got the mount. I actually so. looked it up on Wowhead here. Turns out that voice line isn't toast is your weakness; it's trust is your weakness. <laughs> so that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. So yeah, <laughs> toast is not if, your weakness. Trust if anyone is. Anyone from Blizzard is listening? Please put in a voice line that says "toast is your weakness." <laughs> Just please do it. <laughs> just sub in toast so that it says that every now and again yeah okay so that's 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 what that was that wasn't uh <laughs> oh i thought God. it was it was actually kind of likely where it was like okay well maybe they'll tell you that your friend you know because i mean Cthune had that yeah. whole thing where he was like your friends will abandon you okay well maybe yeah, that didn't show up in the chat log and it freaked me the hell out the first time i heard it oh man that was the that, best it was so good though it but, was amazing. Oh the first time like, we zoned in a Q40. Oh, yeah. And people started hearing those whispers, man. They were just <laughs> the real, freaking out. The real thing about those whispers was that they can run into each other. Yeah. So, like, I remember one point I actually heard, your your heart will explode and your friends will betray you, but it was your friends will explode. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, that's I pretty do, bad, too. Yeah, that's not good either. So, you know, please don't. But Okay. Okay, I think we have time for one more email here, real quick. So let's go ahead and get to this one. It's by it's from Akalos, who's a Blood Death Knight, who says, "Greetings, Winter Weather Watchers, Akalos of Thrall and proud patron. I don't know how to feel about the Broken Shore, given that the last two expansions have given very fun interactive zones near the end of the expansion. It leaves me feeling underwhelmed, but without any real information of what lies beyond." 7.2.5, it feels like this hasn't lived up to its expectations. But given that it is a theoretical middle patch of the expansion, should I just going on in the future... Wow, this sentence makes no sense. Okay, but given that it's a theoretical middle pack of the expansion, should I just going on into the future... This doesn't make any sense. Should I I just... Should I just continue going on in the future, living up to the other end of expansion pack zones, such as Timeless Isle or Tanan Jungle? I think what I think what Akalos is trying to ask here is: is this a middle patch, or is is this is this supposed to be the Timeless Isle Tanan Jungle, or is there one of those that has yet to come out? Maybe it's okay. I've, it's... I've 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 made sentences like that. That's why Anne yeah. edits these things. I I think it's a kind of more of an Isle of Quell than Oz type situation. For for really? some for the broken shore, yeah, I, I don't think it's supposed to be. Although Isle of Nas was technically the last, you know, content patch. Right. I, I feel like this is setting. This is basically for Tomb of Sargeras. It's it's a setup and it. And it's, it's a build a, up and unlocking of that particular yeah. piece of end game content. And it, it works for the invasions and so forth. I don't feel like it's trying to be as big and expansive as Tanan. Tanan was enormous. Tom was yeah. very, very big. Sage this Time in the chat channel that says that this is supposed to be Isle of Thunderish, and it feels like a mix between Isle of Thunder and Isle of Keldanas. I read, kind of. I read Isle of Thunderfish. Thunderfish made, made me laugh. But yeah, Isle of Thunder is actually a really good comparison, and this also goes back to what Rossi and I were kind of complaining about: is the extreme gating, uh, because it's not all here yet. So in a couple, I think it's like eleven weeks to yeah. unlock everything. So at the end of those 11 weeks, kind of, you know, see how you feel about the zone and then compare it to the other ones. And then that's sort of the the whole zone itself after the 11 weeks. That's what we're going to get. And I think then at that yeah. point, you can judge the whole zone versus the other zone. 
and then separately judge the way Blizzard paced it. Did the pacing feel good or not? Because I think that's something Blizzard's looking for right now. It is, feels a little sluggish to be right it, now. It does. There's not a whole lot. And you and I always go back to patch 5.1 because oh, 5.1 yeah. was perfect in terms of pacing. It was the um, pinnacle of pacing. Yeah. So I, I think right now it's not supposed to be like Timeless Isle or Tanan. But it's very much it, not Timeless Isle because absolutely not. And Tanan was much larger. I have yeah. a feeling that if we go to Argus, that's going to be the spot for yeah. all of this stuff. Where we see more of a Tanan jungle Argus. or uh, Isle of Thunder model. Because you know, yeah. Argus, obviously Argus is not, it's not one gigantic world anymore. It's been kind of um, crunched a little bit from what little bit we caught over kill Jaden's shoulder <laughs> in that trailer so i don't think we're going to explore the entire planet if we go there it would be much more likely that we'd be exploring a zone like something zone sized so maybe that's where we're going to see that come into play that model. i definitely feel like yeah i definitely feel like the broken shore is meant to be modular and to lock into other stuff that we're getting yeah like the broken shore takes you to like the various the um, artifact quests that, that allow you to unlock your more artifact talents. It gives you a chance to do the challenge mode in, in the challenge, the uh, solo artifact challenge to get the special appearance. It gives you a, a, a launching platform for the invasions. It, it gives you a chance to grind up and, and get ready for the raid. It's not meant to be as all encompassing a place as Tanan was. No. Tanan, like, like, I was talking to my wife about this the other day. We were talking about the difference between the two zones, and it was like, with Tanan, I would go and I, I would do all of those areas to get crystals because you could. You could go to every single area. You'd get more from the quest. But you could go to all do your over first the place. Zone. You could do the yeah. whole place, you, and you could do it at any pace you wanted. Like, you didn't... There was nothing to wait for. There was nothing going to unlock. You could just there go was, pick them up. Yeah, there wasn't going to be any sort of with 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 um the broken shore as as Mitch is pointing out we still don't have the whole thing no we don't and and, and like this sorry to interrupt but like this week the the new quote unquote quest that we got I'm pretty sure all it was was Cadgar saying I need twenty five hundred nether shards ooh I'm yeah. gonna have Which, to go do that I haven't done uh, that yet okay but. <laughs> Small, sorry, and I'm going to spoil something. You no, turn in the okay. 2,500 nether shards, and he's like, I may have gotten a bit carried away. I just needed one. Really? It's, what is with him needing more it's, shards? It's it's funny, and it's very Cadgar, but it it is the only new quest we got this week, and it, it feels There's no in point. a way like a slap in the face to the players because it's like, hey, if you don't have nether shards... Go farm up 2,500. Ha ha, just kidding. You just needed one. Here's the rest back. If you already have those 2,500, it's less than a minute of new content. And now I'm like, wait, what did Cadgar even need those for? Am I going to find out next week? Will I remember next week? And that's the sort of gating issue that I have so right it's now. Like, like, it's like a weekly quest thing that is no story whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And like if they had done that and then also included this week was a follow-up to what the hell he's using them for great that would have been at least something more but right now it, it there's a way to gate content that doesn't make it feel like it's gated content and then there's what happened this week where it's like okay this is deliberate and obvious gating it's like you've decided to make a weekly quest that's just a throwaway joke to warlords of draenor which nobody really well yeah i shouldn't say nobody well, 
a lot of people didn't it, really care for that anyway. So it, no, and it it was in its own right, it was very funny. But as the new content for the week, it was just kind of a letdown. Womp and I womp. also think I also think that, um, and maybe this will slow down once more people are flying. But we've we get three buildings. They're up for three days at a time. But it just seems like they're up, they're down, they're up, they're down, and it, it doesn't feel like there's as much meaning to them being up right now. It just sort of feels like people are putting their Legion fall supplies wherever, and then the building's going to be up soon enough. I, I sort of wish that maybe there were more buildings or the buildings themselves had the mage tower, like challenge appearance incentive sort of thing going. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it. I, I'm not, I don't mean to rag on it so much as I am, but it's just, I, I think it, it's not, Timeless Isle. It's not to non-jungle, and I think um, I think Blizzard's aware that it it could be better in the future as far as how they're gating it. I just want to congratulate you on becoming Alex for that moment. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're welcome. Well, he is filling in. Anyway, that wraps us up for emails. That also wraps us up for the show. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, again, this, if you have an email for the podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with a podcast or Blizzard Watch in the subject line so we know it's for this show. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rossi. Thank you guys very much for listening, and we will be here next week. 